You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Currently. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Currently. As you may know, Dan, uh, he's stranded somewhere. He's gallivanting in the middle of the ocean. But uh, we have enlisted the professional skills of no other pod zone, Jimmy Mack. Jimmy, how are you doing today, man? What's up? Thank you for having me. I know uh, we've had you over on the other side on no other pod a couple times. I think this is my first currently appearance. So I'm glad to fill in for Dan, who, like you said, he's God knows if he'll come back. He might just be, you know, living in the Bahamas now for all I know. It's also of his Instagram stuff. It looks so nice out there. I'm sure he yeah. doesn't want to come back. He's drinking out of a coconut. He's living life. He's got a fedora that he bought that's made of straw. So he looks like he's having a great time. Did he really? In one of his images, he was wearing a fedora <laughs> and drinking out of a coconut. So he's living it up. He's living life. But, uh, <laughs> man, it's been a, such a frustrating weekend for Kansas City soccer. Mm-hmm. I mean, sporting, losing a, a game that we needed to win. Yeah. And the current losing a semifinal in the very last Challenge Cup ever. Yep. So it's been rough, man. What's your take on things? It it is a bummer. You know, there's technically still some hope for for both teams to make the playoffs. Maybe sporting a little more than than uh, the current, but uh, it, you know, it is interesting how parallel these two teams' seasons have been. Where you know the regular season really hasn't been it, and then there was maybe some some hope, uh, especially for the current of, of making a cup run. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, heartbreaking finish, like we're going to say, uh, talk about in, in this episode. And it's just, um, it's such a bummer because both of these teams on paper should be so much better than they are, especially the current coming off the season they had last year and, uh, some of the roster moves that they made ahead of this season. There was a lot of hype about the current coming into this year and, and really thought that they could challenge for some hardware and things just haven't gone well. And obviously I know you guys have talked about it a lot. The coaching changes and, and things just felt off from the beginning for the current, it seemed like, and, and they've just had trouble getting on track. And, you know, there's there's still, what, four games and now a new friendly left to talk about. So so we'll see. But, yeah, definitely not the season that the current had hoped for. Yeah. It, you know, the preseason polls and and every all the commentary and the narrative at the beginning of the year was, how is the current affording? you know, to, to bring in all these players. Right. How is this possible? Like everybody wanted more transparency and typically I would too, but since it's the current, I'm like, what well, you need to know about that. Don't no details. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a narrative. And then to come in and, you know, we're currently in last place and we just got eliminated in the cup. It, it's tough, man. It's not how anybody predicted this season to go. No, not at all. I mean, like you said, there were people that were kind of comparing what the current were doing with some of their signings to be like, are they the Inter-Miami of MLS? Like, how are they pulling all this off? And uh, as we know, things have gone well for Inter-Miami since all of their shenanigans. And unfortunately, it's gone kind of in the opposite direction for the current. But you never know. I mean, there may be some changes this offseason to, to you know, front office and uh, coaching staff, and, and we'll see. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But, you know, Wednesday was tough because had we won, we would have had a home Challenge Cup final mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Yeah. And just having that right there. I mean, this season's been very difficult, you know, to have that right there in front of us and not be able to grab it, it is so tough. And it's, I mean, you, you take a look at sporting. When they won the Open Cup, right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't remember how they finished in the regular season. You know, we don't yeah. know. Nobody don't remembers remember. that. You just remember they won. You just remember they won. And I feel like that would have been something that we could have all leaned on this year. Just winning mm-hmm. a trophy. It's also a, a lot of money for the players as well. Yeah. So, you know, we had something to hold on to throughout the entire year. And it all came crashing down last week for the current. So it did. It's been tough. It's been tough. It's certainly a bummer. Let's, you know, let's get into a little bit what happened in this Challenge Cup game. If you look at, at least from my perspective, you look at the lineup that, that the current put out. And I mean, all things considered, it, it it's a pretty decent lineup on paper. And I guess this has been sort of the issue throughout the season is like the players. I know there's been injuries and there's been COVID protocols and there's been international call-ups. And so it's certainly not been smooth sailing for the current or sporting for that matter. But I mean, you look at who they have out there and it should be good enough, you would think, to get a a result. Um, But, you know, statistically, North Carolina was, was the better side just basically up and down the stat sheet. Yeah. We played North Carolina twice this year. Um, we beat them and they beat us. I believe it was, I think we we beat them by one. They beat us by one, but they're low scoring games. And then when this game, when you take a look at these teams, they're both coming in fairly healthy, not fully healthy, but fairly healthy, strong. Um, both teams are putting their best foots forward. Um, players are back from national team duty. And when I look at the starting lineup, there's one thing that kind of irks me a little bit. And that is Spanstra starting in the place of CC Kaiser. Yeah, CC Kaiser is one of our our leading scorers. She flows so well within the team, and, and Spanstra is a rookie, and she's flashed a lot. She's done a lot of really good things, but in a semi cup final, I want my best players out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want Kaiser out there. I feel like I know what the staff wanted to do, and that's bring bring Spanstra out there. You know. Use 50, you know, 45, 50 minutes of pure energy, wear out the defense, and then bring in CC Kaiser as mm-hmm. kind of a super sub or somebody who can come in and really finish off the game with pace. That's what I think their intent was. That's not how things things shook out. No, not at all. And um, Kaiser ended up checking in in the 55th minute, so he only got 35 minutes, really, plus stoppage of, of you know, Kaiser to be able to be in there, like you said, you know, one of the best scoring options for Kansas City this year. If you look at what happened in the first half, there there wasn't a lot. I mean, there weren't a lot of scoring opportunities, to be frank, uh, for either team throughout the game. North Carolina did get five shots on goal to Kansas City's three, but expected goals. North Carolina barely got over one. Kansas City was under one, so, so it's not great. In the first half, though, North Carolina definitely seemed to be the better side. Was that your take on it as well? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, it very much was. And when we were, we were at the game, obviously, and we were watching the current attack, the first half, and it was crickets. Like, we couldn't do anything. We tried to put the ball over the top. Mm-hmm. Their defenders were ready for it. I mean, North Carolina did such a good job of cutting off passing lanes, of putting ball pressure. The second we got the ball, we had somebody in our face. They're yeah. cutting off lanes everywhere. We would have to kind of make a panic pass, and and that'd be hard. And then, you know, the current player who would get it would have a tough time settling it because it, it was a bit of a disaster. And credit to North Carolina. They have, I believe they have the best 
possession percentage of any team this year. Mm-hmm. So they play that per- percentage style of, of soccer, sorry, the possession style of soccer. Yeah. They spread the field very well and they just, they just take control of that midfield. And it base this is basically what happened the very first game, very first game we played them. It was almost the exact same thing in the first half. So that leads me to a question then. And I guess it's, it's hard to know because none of us are in the minds of the coaching staff. None of us are in, in the minds of the players, but like you said, similar to sort of what happened in the first game that North Carolina played us, is this more so than an issue of coaching preparedness and game plan than it is the the execution of the players on the field? Where where do you think the 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 problems start for how this transpired, especially in the first half? You know, that's a good question. I think North Carolina deserve a lot lot of credit for what they did. They executed flawlessly. I do think that sometimes Coach Werbloom, she tinkers too much. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes pride in her tactics, and she knows a lot more about it than I do. But it, it just kind of feels like she does too much at times. And it, even when we beat them the first time around, they still had more possession. Yeah, But it just felt like, the game was more evenly matched throughout the entirety of the game um, when we played them earlier and beat them. I don't know if it's execution on our part. I don't know if we were just as ready for it as they were. And they actually won the championship, or they won the cup. They won the sure. whole thing. Yeah. They won 2-0 against, against Louisville and dominated that game as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the first half was just tough. It was forgettable. You know, when I, I had to go look at highlights because I couldn't remember much about it. <laughs> Um, nothing good anyway. Yeah. So the first half, man, it's just, you know, just thankful that you're not down and you go into the half and, you know, halftime and try to regroup. Yeah. Zero shots on goal for the current in the first half. And I think that kind of tells you that like, like you mentioned, passing lanes were cut off. They're trying to play balls over the top. Honestly, it reminds me of a lot of when sporting kind of gets into trouble and they can't break down in the midfield, uh, and, and, create something up, up the middle um you know last game or two games ago i guess i should say for sporting they had some goals where there was like 37 38 39 passes where clearly the entire team or just about every team member that's on the field is involved but when things aren't working for sporting it seems like the same thing that kind of happened to the current happens where they just start trying to fire off long balls playing balls over the top and at least to me once you started start defaulting to well, we can't break them down, so let's just throw a ball in there and and hope and see what happens. It's it's never really a recipe for success offensively. Yeah, uh, and you can see that um, urgency on the team in the first half. They would just put oh, you know balls over the top to Dabinia. Mace would make a run. Izzy Rodriguez would make a run. Chris and Hamilton would make a run. But we could just never get on the end of it and turn it into any sort of ex- effective offense. Yeah. So. It's not not the best. Uh, second half, things were a, a little bit better. It still did take about 12 minutes into the, the second half to get the first shot on goal, 57th minute. Um, CC Kaiser came in in the 55th minute. So, I don't know. You were saying that you wanted to see CC Kaiser start. Is it a coincidence that CC Kaiser checks in and then two minutes later the current get their first shot on goal? <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I don't understand not starting CC Kaiser. It, 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 I want to know that you know, the reason for that decision, was it tactical? Was it, you know, maybe CC was dealing with some 
you know, fitness or injury. I don't know, but I, I don't know how you excuse that decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, she provided a spark and a much, much needed spark. Yeah, there there were a number of uh, dangerous opportunities for the current. Obviously, um, three shots on goal. The majority of their expected goals came in the second half. We know that, okay, there's, a, I forget exactly if it was six minutes of stoppage time added or, or whatever it was. Seven, yeah. Seven, yeah. Seven. But you get the stoppage time and, and it's 0-0 zero, zero and you're thinking, okay, maybe regulation's going to end uh, in, in a 0-0 zero, zero draw and, and we'll just reset and go from there. And then one minute of extra time left and North Carolina found a way to break through it in, in what just seemed like a little bit of a breakdown in the box for the current. Yeah, we made some subs in the 81st minute. Delfava came on for Hamilton. Lavoge came on for Spanstra. Mm-hmm. And then Mimi Larson came on for Haley Mace. And then uh, Stina came on for Izzy Rodriguez. I mean, these are all, in my opinion, th- these are take PKs. Um, there was no extra time for the mm-hmm. cup. So it went straight into PKs. So all of these subs came on, in my opinion, just to, you know, round out the game and, and, and put players who've handled that type of pressure on the national stage with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Stina and, and Lavoge and Larson. Um, all of them have played in the World Cup. So you bring on those players, you expect to go into penalty kicks. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel bad for, for Stina, you know, national team defender. She comes in two minutes later, right? They, right. they score off of a, a corner kick. I mean, that ball came in, it, it ping-ponged around. Right. One of our players tried to clear it off balance. Just bad luck, bad timing, bad bounce. But Brianna Pinto, man, she was right there to put it put it through, right in front of us, because we sit right there on the south stand. Yeah. It, I mean, it happened right in front of us, and you could just feel the energy and air leave the stadium. Yeah. Well, and it is unfortunate, like you said, Larson and Stina, they came in in uh, the fourth minute of stoppage time. There's only a few minutes left. So you, you're, you're probably right. They're probably thinking penalty kicks there because you don't know if there's going to be another stoppage. You want to get them in before the final whistle, because you have to pick your penalty kick takers based on who's on the field right. at the end of regulation. Uh, so yeah, you're thinking they're in there for penalty kicks. Teams don't usually like to sub players immediately before uh, a set piece. Um, so I don't know. It does make you wonder, I guess a little bit if, yeah, there, there's some some changes in assignments now suddenly because the players who have been out there um, are not there. And then, yeah, it unlucky bounces, bounced around in the box and couldn't quite get it cleared. And it's just heartbreaking to make it to literally one minute before penalties. And there's no guarantee. Maybe they would have lost to North Carolina in right. penalties. And, and I'm not sure what's more heartbreaking, but to, to, to get so close to what would essentially have been a 50-50 coin flip in penalty kicks and then have it taken away just really sucks. I mean, you know, we're making plans on, you know, Saturday. Dan was talking about rearranging his flight to to leave later so he can be <laughs> here for the for the championship game. I mean, and it just kind of felt like, you know, we weren't having a whole lot of success offensively, so you know, PKs would have been a, an opportunity for us to to mm-hmm. win. I mean, it just Heartbreak is about the only way you could put it, you know? Yeah. PKs are kind of like the great equalizer. If, if you know, when when a game is kind of going how it was for the current, you see this on the men's side all the time, um, if it's in a tournament that that may end in, in penalty kicks, 
the team that's sort of getting dominated that that hasn't been um, sort of up to the standard of the, of the opposing team, you almost just kind of use that as a strategy of like just get it to penalties and then you never know what's going to happen. We have a better chance if we can get it there. And and they were close. They were so close. You almost but, break the team mentally as well, right? Yeah. Like they know they they were outplaying you, they were outplaying you, but they couldn't score. And then you go to PKs where it's just a coin flip. Yeah. You know, that's that's tough to come back from mentally. Yeah. So that's a bummer. It is. Well, let's take a break here real quick before we talk about sort of where the current go from here and, and, and what the situation is for the rest of the season. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. All right, my friends, uh, before before we do move on, um, I just wanted to point out, I know you talked about how you had North Carolina dominated. Um, you, did, you, you sent me some, some stats that you had put together before the game, and, and one thing that you highlighted that I think is, is really telling is it says that this was the current second lowest possession percentage all year 35 percent possession for the entire game and and that's not a recipe for success yeah i i agree and oddly enough our first lowest was the i believe the first game of the year against north carolina mm-hmm. and that was 33 percent yeah and so i mean north carolina is a good team they're the yeah. third place in in the table right now um with with just a, a handful of games to go um 28 points, uh, two points behind the, the the league-leading San Diego Wave. So 
certainly a good team. Um, obviously, the current are in last place right now, unfortunately, with a, a meager 19 points and a negative nine goal differential. Uh, technically, if you do the math, they are still alive for the playoff race, but it's the top six who make the playoffs, right? And right now they're seven points behind the Washington Spirit who are in sixth place, and there's four games left in the regular season. Yep. So that's not looking good. Mathematically, we're alive, but real, realistic math, <laughs> you know, it's oh, it's tough. Yeah. And it's not going to get easier because the San Diego Wave are the current's next game. And even though there, there may be some international absences, but now you have the first place team in the league that you got to take on. And I was trying to figure out before this whether or not they're going to be gone for national team duty. And I couldn't find much, but I did find that some of the other teams are sending their players for national team duty at the beginning of next week. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I, I think we'll still have to play, you know, the, you know, the Alex Morgan, Gurma, Jaden Shaw, who I mm-hmm. believe are all called up. So yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And if you look at the, the, the San Diego wave, um, they don't have the goal differential that Portland has. Portland's at plus 13. San Diego's at, at six. Um, but like you said, Morgan, Shaw, Germa, um, they're some of the better players that, that you can face. How do you think Kansas City will approach this game? I think that's one of the more interesting questions because, like you said, mathematically, they're still technically in it, but functionally they may not be in it so are we going to see the starters or, or what do you think you know coach Fairbloom, she's an interim coach right she's coaching for her job so i think she'll probably put everything she has and in, into you know putting her best foot forward so another loss doesn't hurt that much more mm-hmm. um i don't see how she's our coach you know next year yeah but that does that's not going to stop her from putting her best foot forward. I think we're going to put together our best lineup. I'm really interested to see, you know, if they're open to kind of shutting it down a little bit and then putting in some of the younger players, some of our our you know depth players to see mm-hmm. kind of what what we have mm-hmm. because we're going to have to make some roster decisions before too long. And it'd be nice to see those players play a little more. We haven't seen them since early stages of the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice to to get another set of eyes on some of those players, but I think she's going to come out and the team's going to come out and keep playing until they're mathematically eliminated. Are there any players in particular that are some of those younger depth pieces that, um, if if it were up to you, that you'd really like to see get some more minutes these last few games? You know, KU's own uh, Ryland Childers. I like to see her get a, a couple more minutes. We've only seen her in a couple of Challenge Cup games. Um, Chardonnay Curran. I mean, she's been on a team a couple of years now. We don't get to see her much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to to see her get some more time. We're kind of in a weird situation because our injured players, if you take a look at the availability report, it's almost a starting 11 for another team. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It's almost a, a starting 11. So some of these players, I don't know how we fit them on the team next year. So it's right. a little bit of you know, an audition or another set of eyes to see whether or not they're worth, you know, trying to retain or if, you know, 
we let them go or, you know, we got two expansion teams coming on next year. So sure. the expansion draft, there's so many moving, moving pieces, but we know what we have in a lot of these players that have been playing. Mm-hmm. I would like to see what we have in some of the other pieces. Yeah. For- Make an educated decision as to what we're going to do. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, the the game Saturday night, it is going to be a little bit later kickoff. It's 9 p.m. local time because it is on the road in, in San Diego. So, um, you know, knowing that the current are traveling, that it's likely that San Diego's best players are going to be there and are going to be available. Um, and, and, you know, San Diego are in first place, but they still, you know, they're only in first place by one point. Portland's right there behind them. North Carolina's two points behind them. Um, between the sixth place team and the first place team, there's only four points. So the the San Diego Wave by no means have the top seed locked up. So it feels like they're probably going to come out and put pedal to the metal, best foot forward, and be totally motivated to try to help secure that first place seed, don't you think? I do. I think there's money on the line, too, for winning the Shield. Um, I think they do get some additional money for winning it. So you know the players are going to be motivated. The Wave, they're a new team. Um, you know, this is their second year. So for them to come in their second year and win the shield, there's probably a lot of pride in that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, until you're mathematically eliminated, all these teams are going to be putting everything they have into this yeah. last four game stretch. Yeah. You, you mentioned, I know, I, I'm sure you've talked about it before. I know you talked about it before. I got to ask, you mentioned that I think the current will probably have a, a, a new full-time coach next year. Um, Vladko, he's he's hanging around out there. I mean, do you have any sort of idea? Like, is is it possible that he makes a triumphant return, or or should do you think the current should turn the page and and sort of look more toward the future than the past? Oh, that's that's such a loaded question. <laughs> uh, I don't, it depends on on what day it is for me, right? Yeah. Uh. I don't have the best knowledge in terms of coaching for women's teams. Sure. It's weird because you don't like, you know, a coach will, will join a team and you'll have no idea who that coach is. Right. Right. They may come from Europe. You may not have the singlest, you know, uh, a clue about them. Like coach Werbloom, like she coached in Sweden, came over as an assistant. Now she's our interim coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and a lot of these coaches that joined um, LA you just, I don't know a whole lot about him. So it's really tough to gauge the market. Sure. But the relationship Watko has with the Longs, with Kansas City, yeah. um, he has a good relationship with the current. He obviously lives here. So I think, I don't see how he is not, you know, a, a, a top two or three choice for, for, you know, this front office. For sure. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it is, it's certainly harder. Um, in the NWSL, it, it has not been around as long as a league like MLS. Um, and even MLS hasn't been around that long. But MLS, you're starting to see, is sort of developing its own coaches. Players are then becoming um, assistants for, uh, you know, two teams. And then are becoming assi- head coaches of two teams. And then assistants on on first teams. And um, there's sort of been a, a coaching pipeline there. And even if a, a coach gets fired in, in um, for one team, that they're coveted enough that they might still land another head coaching gig um, or an assistant gig uh, at another team. I don't think NWSL is quite there yet, probably, at least one in terms of, of the number of teams. There's, what, 12, 12 teams in the league right now? 
um, compared to whatever it is, 29, 30 in MLS ever growing. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see for me as, as NWSL continues to grow and add more teams, like you said, two more coming next year, how the coaching development in the women's league continues, because I think that's an underrated thing to honestly just grow the game in the States as well. You want to develop players, but you want to develop coaches who can coach the players starting at a younger age in academies and whatnot to, to continue to learn how to play the game and eventually make it onto an NWSL team and hopefully keep the NWSL as the best women's league in the world. So we'll see. And I will, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I will say this, the, the longs in this front office, they're going to try and bring the best available, right? We have an, mm-hmm. our, you know, own training facility, uh, first ever, you know, women's specific, uh, sports stadium. Mm-hmm. That's very, that's gotta be very attractive for any coach out there. Right. Yeah. They don't have to go play on, on a, I don't know, share the field with men or sure. It's going to be so much easier for them to do their job. So I imagine we're going to be an attractive option. Yes. I have to, I definitely have to believe so. And we put a lot of money into the roster too. Sure. You know, we're, we're not going to skimp out on that. So, um, to come and coach, the likes of French, Dabinia, Hannah Gloss, and some of these other really talented players, Michelle Cooper. It's got to be attractive for for any coach. And I think you make a good point about the new stadium next year. I mean, they've put, what, almost $100 million into that new stadium. Um, they're not going to want a season like this to happen in, in the first year of, of that gorgeous brand new stadium. It's probably a good thing if it, if it were going to happen any year. That, it, that it's this year. And like you mentioned, if you look at the injury report, you could almost fill out a starting 11 of, of another team with, with who's unavailable. It does give almost a built-in mulligan year to an extent for a club. I mean, it, you can only do it so many times. You look at even sporting this year, and some people are like, well, you said injuries last year, and now you're saying injuries again this year. And even if there's some validity to it, the fans get a little antsy, but... I think you're right. This is a, a destination job for a coach who wants to coach a fantastic team who is still in the best women's league in the world, even if other leagues are starting to, to catch up. And uh, they're going to have the the best facilities in the world as well. So it should be a matter of whoever the Longs want to go out and get, they'll be able to go and get because it's it's such an attractive proposition for a coach so yeah i'm i agree i'm with you (laughs) absolutely well before we move on to talking about some of the other news um around the current in the league um want to tell you a little bit about DraftKings sportsbook football is back in full swing with another week of epic games and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code KCSN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 
www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. All right, my friend. So, as we mentioned, I think there's four games left in the regular season. Um, Bit of an uphill climb for the current to be able to claw their way back into playoff contention. But there's another game that was just announced. Um, October 4th at Children's Mercy Park, um, which is uh, in part a a celebration of Hispanic Heritage Night. Um, The Kansas City Current are going to be playing the women's side for CF uh, Monterey, a Mexican team. This is, I believe, their first international friendly. So what are your thoughts about this sort of showcase game? I'm excited. I'm super excited. I, you know, it, it kind of takes a sting out of how this season has went. Um, you know, I love watching international teams play, even with sporting, right? Whenever you have an international team, it's just so much fun. It's a different vibe, a different feel. Uh and the fact that the Longs in this front office are doing this, I absolutely love it. I'm super excited. Yeah, celebrating Hispanic Heritage Night is also, you know, really cool as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, when I first saw this, my jaw dropped because I didn't expect it, especially in the middle of a season, right? Sure. Who would have who would have expected this? But uh, I cannot be more excited. I, mean, I got my tickets right away. And tickets are pretty cheap. I think you get like $12 tickets for general admission, somewhere around there. So uh, if if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you've been to a current game. If you haven't been to a current game, maybe cost has been a factor. This is a way to get in there, uh, experience an atmosphere at Children's Mercy Park before they move to the new stadium um, for, for pretty affordable. And like you said, to see another team from another league in another country, I 100% agree with you. It's so much fun. That was one of my favorite aspects of the League's Cup that I think I didn't expect over on the MLS side is how much fun it was watch- It was to watch some of these Liga MX clubs come in and just to play a team that you're not used to seeing on the field with an MLS side. And I have a feeling this is going to be the same for the KC Current, seeing them play a team like CF Monterey, who just you're not used to seeing them. It's not one of the other uh, 11 teams that, that you play on a regular basis. It just adds a, a, a spark and excitement that you don't get typically, even if it is a friendly. Yeah, I think they're fifth in their league too. So, you know, a, a pretty solid team. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I'm super excited about it. Hope they have a lot of fun merch. But what, I, what this signals to me though, is like once they get their new stadium, mm-hmm. they'll have their own schedule, right? Oh yeah, for they're sure. Doing, the things they're doing is under the schedule of, of Children's Mercy Park. Mm-hmm. So this is just another indicator of how fantastic it really is to have the longs in this front office and yeah. what their their overall plan is. Um, we had uh, Danny Lilniak on, and she was talking about how um, Angie Long, they got a 50-year lease um, down there with the Port Authority. 
and they have so many ideas of what they want to do with that stadium. Sure. Concerts, other sports, other like collegiate championships. But I mean, to have, you know, your first international friendly against a, a you know, the Mexican team, I'm super excited. But it, to me, it just signals what they're going to do moving forward. And I mean, we got, we got lucky to have an ownership group who's invested so much time, so much money. And, you know, this is going to be normal for us moving forward. And I, I cannot be more excited. You're probably right. I, I didn't think about that, honestly. But the fact that now there's world-class trading facilities and there will be a world-class stadium, I wouldn't be surprised to see more international teams, you know, big name international teams, some some more um, English women's teams that, that maybe come over and, and play friendlies um, that, that know I have a stadium that's world-class and I have training facilities that are world-class. And Maybe maybe we'll see some more of these showcase games and see some some more international, you know, Chelsea women's team or whatnot come over and and play friendly. It'd be super cool. So I, I have no doubt that they want to do that, and I I'm sure they're probably working on it as we speak. You know, yeah, something down the road. Absolutely. Um, there was actually a little bit of roster news. It's it's not an incoming player for the current. You know, obviously with only a handful of games left, that's not going to happen. But uh, their third string goalkeeper. Uh, Jordan Silkovitz, um, she was loaned out to the Brisbane Roar in the A-League. So uh, what do you think is, is going on with this move? Is, is this just to get her a little bit more experience? Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty that, uh, it's pretty simple. Um, she never got to play this season. She's dealt with a couple of injuries. She had a, a wrist and hand injury. Um, Australia's league, you know, they're getting ready to start it. And mm-hmm. ready to end ours, so... It, it's a, a good way for her to go out there, get some experience, because she's she was not going to beat out A.D. French or Cassie Miller sure. to play any this year. So I think it's a good move. Um, I don't know how much money they're they're making from it uh, from the loan, but yeah, probably things just get the yeah players some experience. Well, and and I'm curious now. I mean, I don't think we'll be able to watch A League games over here, at least you know not in in the typical way where we can watch NWSL. But I am curious after. The, the Women's World Cup was just held jointly between New Zealand and Australia, and and the Matildas for Australia um, performed so well throughout the tournament. I'm hopeful that that translate to, uh, translates to some excitement for the A-League over there, and maybe uh, Jordan and the Roar and the rest of the A-League teams can can get a little bit of sort of that uh, World Cup bump and and continue to build on on a league over there because their their national team performed admirably throughout the entire tournament, making it all, all the way to the, the semifinals, I believe. Yeah, I so. I'm happy about the move. Um, I've wanted. She was one of those players that you know we talked about getting some some experience on on games that don't necessarily matter. Um, yeah, like the regular season. She's one of those players I would have liked to 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 see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm glad she's gonna go out there and get some experience and you know play at a professional level. Yeah, for sure. Um, as we move toward the end of of the NWSL season. Um, there are a few dates coming up that are, they seem like they're sort of like roster mechanism dates. Yeah. Um, last date of wave players, September 19th. Um, then there's, there's a waiver process on Thursday, September 21st, which is, um, last day to take options on upcoming free agents. And then September 22nd is the roster freeze date. Um, free agents can begin negotiations on that day. So, I mean, we're, we're coming up on that. That's only, you know, between, you know, a week to 10 days away before this, this process starts. So 
You mentioned maybe some turnover for the Kansas City Current um, this year. Are there any moves that you expect or any players maybe that are on the current right now that you think we should keep an eye on as some of these uh, roster transactional dates are, are, are coming closer? So I believe we have four players who have an option for 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be Claire Lavoger, Gabrielle Robinson, Izzy Rodriguez, and Jenna Weinbrenner. And I think we should really bring back three of the four. I would like to bring back all four, but when you have such a competitive roster, sure. so much depth, not everybody's going to make it. And that's not an indication on the player. Mm-hmm. That's just an indication on how strong this roster is. For sure. You know, not everybody can make it. I would like to see Claire Lavoger come back. Absolutely. Gabrielle Robinson, uh, she was a rookie this year, and mm-hmm. she played very admirably. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a fill-in with a uh, another young player in Croy Soto mm-hmm. when Elizabeth Ball was out. But uh, the one thing I don't know is we brought in two world-class center backs, and yep. we have Elizabeth Ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to want to carry four on the team. But I would like to think that you know they want to keep her around. She performed well. She flashed a lot. She has a great build. So I would love to see her back. And then Izzy Rodriguez, she's been a mainstay of this team. Sure. She worked her way into the starting lineup. And once she did, you can't you can't bring her off. She's yeah. so incredibly versatile. She can play in the mid midfield. She can play on the back line. And then Jenna Weinbrenner, who I, I, I like a lot as well. She didn't get a whole lot of playing time this year. Mm-hmm. Um her positional versatility has gotten better, but it's going to be tough to beat out some of those more experienced players for that spot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it is unfortunate. I mean, we've seen it with sporting too, where sometimes there are players that you really like that you'd like to be able to find a spot and, and there's just no room. Um, Jenna, I believe is also on the coaching staff for the Kansas city comets too. So if she doesn't stay with current, I'm guessing that she wouldn't continue on, on the coaching staff there, but um, it will be interesting. I mean, it's always, uh, I feel like, Certainly on the sporting side, sometimes there's there's surprises as to you're like, okay, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought that that person got their contract, you know, option picked up or, or that maybe they re-signed, but I didn't think they would re-sign for quite that much. So right. we'll, we'll see what happens with the NWSL dates coming up. Um, what does seem to be on the horizon is NWSL expansion. Um, the commissioner, Jessica Berman, talks about how they expect the next round of expansion uh, to be joining for the 2026 season and they expect that to be two teams there's there's nothing more um to share um she says i don't really have any more news to share about that and certainly if and when we have news to share about boston so what do you i mean we've gone through this like hyper accelerated expansion decade with mls is that the direction you see NWSL going? Just like as they continue to have more success, they're going to continue to add more and more teams year over year? I think so. I think there's a lot of markets that are starved for women's soccer right now that would do exceptionally well. Boston is one of those two that I think everybody's been talking about, everybody's been referencing. I think there's actually a, I don't want to say it's a party, but like a uh, the NWSL Boston like ownership group is having an event that's scheduled out there. So it's really just a strong indication of they're probably one of the two teams. It's sure. not official yet, but 
I'm happy that they're expanding, but I just want them to do it the right way. I want uh, quant or quality over quantity. I don't yeah. want them just to, you know, start expanding all willy nilly. Yeah. The tough thing too is, you know, we put a lot of hard work in, into our rosters, and then the expansion draft is always, you know, a heartbreaking event because y- you grow to love these players, and sure, you have no control, you know, uh, instead of who other teams select. And it's Utah and San Francisco, I think, that are coming in next year. Is that right? Yep. So you're going to have two teams that are going to be um, going back and forth with, with expansion picks. So uh, sporting fans are, are well-versed in, in losing some players via the expansion draft. Um, so, you know, we'll see. There will be a list of protected players by the current. Um, that same thing that's happened, if you're familiar with the MLS uh, expansion process, this has happened in NWSL before when uh, the San Diego Wave, like you mentioned, and Angel City came in a couple years ago. So it's, it's happening once again, but we'll we'll see what happens. So it's uh, certainly a lot of exciting uh, news surrounding NWSL and, and the growth of the league. And I feel like as the women's World Cups and the women's national teams have have found so much success, not just here in the U.S., but but worldwide, it really seems like it's helping drive growth of women's leagues across the world. NWSL, obviously, one of the, the it probably still the best league in the world, but it feels like we're starting to see other leagues catch up. Um, and that'll be interesting to see how that affects the player pool that's available to NWSL teams because if they're not the best league in the world, it, it might create some more competition. So I don't know. We'll see, but I'm excited to see what, uh, what transpires over the next few years. Yeah. And with the new CBA, they increased, um, you know, the, the, the salary per year that teams can spend on players. So obviously as that money increases, you're just going to bring in better and better right. players. So, you know, maybe it's me being selfish, and I know my team <laughs> is gonna sure. spend the money. Um, you know, we may be a you know a mid market city in a way, yeah. But we're certainly not a, a mid market ownership group or a mid market team, right? Even if we are in twelfth place at the moment, but well, we're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do what it takes to win in in any capacity, and that's that's what makes me really excited to have this ownership group. Well, and, and like you said, I mean the facilities are going to be second to none in the entire world. So even if it is not New York or Los Angeles or Chicago, there's none of those teams are going to be able to compete with the stadium and and the practice facilities that the current have. So um, that's why you see players like Dabinia who are willing to come to to Kansas city when they had offers elsewhere. So taking less money too, I'm sure. Yeah. Because they want to come and have their own stadium, have their own training facility. For sure. You know, make it their own. It's a huge competitive advantage, I would think, for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, outside of NWSL, there is uh, uh, an international window coming up. The the U.S. Women's National Team um, announced their roster for the upcoming friendlies against South Africa. Um, there are no current players who are on that roster, and I know that we're still a little over a week away, but. Um, these are just friendlies. They're two back to back within a few days of each other against South Africa. But anything in particular on the international scene, you know, this is the first time I guess we're probably seeing the women's national team really in any sort of action since the World Cup disappointment. So what are you looking for there? 
Jaden Shaw, I think she's like 19 or 20 um, for the wave. She's flashed a lot. She's done a lot of really good things in her, her rookie year. You know, she's in that that call up. So I want to see how she does. Um, it's basically, I believe it's the send off for Julie Ertz and Rapino, mm-hmm. I think. So, you know, it'll be nice to send them off and usher in a new wave of, of younger players. So it's really, this is signaling along with the, the World Cup, just a transition uh, from an older generation to, to where we are today. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's going to be exciting to watch uh, as the U.S. women's national team continues to transition from arguably the best women's national team generation, best women's soccer generation that has ever played to uh, whatever the future is. A lot of bright young players. So it'll be fun to, to keep an eye on that. Um, I think that's about all we had this week. You got anything else that you want to cover before we, we call it good for this week? Uh, no, man, I think that's it. I appreciate you hopping on for sure. Spending some time with us. First current episode. Yeah. So. It's been awesome. You know, I don't, I don't think I took Dan's job. So assuming he comes back from, <laughs> Living it up in the in the Bahamas, you know, he, he should be here back as, as normal next week. But I really appreciate you having me, man. It's it's been a good time. Yeah, and I will be uh in Turkey for the next two weeks. So who knows? You may have to come back. I don't know. World we'll travelers. See. Yeah. And you're gonna be gone, I believe. Later I'm gonna this year. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be in England in uh, early December doing like a a little soccer pilgrimage, if you will, to go see uh you know, if you listen to other pods, you know I'm a, I'm an Everton fan, so I uh, I'm used to being near the bottom of the table. But my youngest brother and I are both Everton fans, so we want to go see a game at Goodison before they move out. So, uh, and before they probably get relegated. So, <laughs> we'll see. That's awesome. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, man. Thank you for having me. You you want to uh, take us home on this one? Uh, yeah. Thank you everybody. Thank you everybody for listening in, and uh, hopefully Dan shows back up. So. we're waiting for you dan so all right y'all thank you so much we'll see you thank you for listening to kc sports network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard you can find all six of our channels covering the chiefs royals sporting kc and the kc current plus ku k-state or mizzou by searching kcsn wherever you listen to podcasts We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.